is a test of the emergency broadcast system. This is only a test. DJs and MC. This DJ, he gets it out. Listen to this jockey's introduction to two DJs and a mic with your host, DJ Mike. Is that a time table? Hey, DJ JP. Well, get on it. It's your time. Give me the mic. Jeffrey uh man I'm doing all right I'm doing all right yes how you doing Mary we want to thank you again for joining us thank you for having me oh it's it's going to be a blast we uh again I love your man it looks good over there you make me feel bad uh, I actually was sort of feeling embarrassed you guys have these cool backdrops and I'm like my my house <laughs> no, that's hey that's wonderful uh no we I do love it we do different ones, but yeah, it's yeah. Just I have I have some too, but they're not they're like not cool like yours. Oh, no, they're cool, Mary. Don't worry about yeah. it. They're cool. Yeah. They're cool. Yeah. No, they're good. So we want to thank you again for joining us on Two DJs and a Mic. Uh, this is our weekly show that we do every Tuesday at seven thirty Central Standard Time. Mm. And today we have the great Mary Nessie owner of Toast and Jam. Mary, tell us a little bit about yourself or tell them, and this would be new for me too. Uh, well, first of all, your opening credits are awesome. I oh. was like, I was like, <laughs> just sort of like watching them like it was a, like it was a movie or something. So good job on that. A plus oh, thank production. You. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Um, so let's see. I started the company in 2005 
actually. Uh, I had been doing weddings for a couple of years and I uh, just decided it was time for me to start a company and try to try to turn, uh, you know, this random skill that I have uh, into into doing uh, have my own my own company. I actually started I, I'd been working in a, in a radio in non-commercial radio uh, since 20, 2001. And I did a morning drive show and someday or one day a person called in uh, the request line and asked me to DJ their wedding. And, uh, and that's how I got started in it back in, like in the real, like how I started doing my, and my first wedding, I rolled up and I had a five disc changer and a disc wow. man that I had plugged into like a crappy, like two channel <laughs> mic mixer. And I did my first, and I had a book of CDs, you know, like with the, <laughs> with all the pages and I DJed a whole wedding off of those two things. And it was like, honestly it was like I was in a fugue state I got out of it I couldn't when it was over with I was like I can't believe I just got paid money to do that and I was like that has to be the rest of my life wow. and it was <laughs> wow wow yeah. that's the first I'm talking about a five di disc change yeah like a, it was a like I had to like just eject it as quick as quickly as I could yeah. Yeah. round one that that spit them in and yes out. yes and it would it, it did a full rotation you know, like every time it opened, yeah, and uh, it would leave the other disc in that's playing, but it's gonna do a full rotation. To yeah, the one. yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it was you know, I didn't have a BP. I didn't have a, actually didn't have a BPM counter till I till I um, till I started working with Serato. But I was on CDs for years uh, before wow. I before I moved over to to Serato. But yeah, so I did my first wedding, and then I worked. I did them for another company for a couple of years, and then started uh, Toast and Jam in two thousand five. Wow. So one quick question, and it just hit me when you was telling me that. So how much dead air did you have? None. <laughs> None. Because I had oh. I had a two-channel mixer. So can I tell you why, Mike? <laughs> why? Because she was on the radio. And yeah, that, oh, yeah. That is a no-no on the radio to have dead air. I knew, <laughs> I know. That almost kills a radio DJ when there's uh -huh. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah, no, it's it is really bad. And so I like dead air. It's true because I did radio. Dead air has always been dead air and just general silence. Go you know, like it, it it makes my heart like like I <laughs> like I've done something wrong. I knew it. I knew because there's a radio DJ man that you can't that that will get yeah. you in trouble more than anything else. And I'm sure with you guys as well. Don't you kind of have an internal clock on? everything like yes like yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. like I can, I can i can look at the timestamp on a song and i know exactly how much time i have to fuck can i swear on this thing yeah, yeah. Uh, hey, i know I, 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 I know i i just like i'm i'm so good at figuring out time I'm, and i'm sure you guys are too i'm sure everybody who's listening probably feels the exact same way but it's like but I can, but I can like play, start playing a song, and I know exactly how much time I have before I have to start like paying attention again, or you know before I have to start switching over the song. Like it's it's baked yeah. so deeply into me. Yeah, yeah. And once you, and if you know your music, mm -hmm. you know that. So, and in radio, you have those starts where you got so much time to talk the intro of the song if yeah. there's one in there. So, radio really will make you ready to be a DJ because it gives you ins and your outs and already already you learn that from the jump. I did a little well, radio too, so. And when I was doing radio, like in the early days, we were on carts, these like weird CD, they like the, the way you load a CD is not like uh, in 
radio. It's like you have to put the CD inside this little like plastic sleeve that you would then like, you know, it was almost like a mini eight track if that's a reference that anybody oh. understands. Well, and so you would have to, you know, so you put the, you put the cart in, then you have to, you have to, have to wind up and it was a whole, yeah. So yeah, I was, I was doing back, radio, doing hard time. Radio you go too. back to reel to reels, Mary, trying to roll the reel to the right part of the song. Having no to, way. Having to cut and slice. Yes, ma'am. To make a commercial. Let me cut that, slice it, tape it back together. Yeah, that's that's real. Long. Yeah, yeah. The kids these days, they don't, they have, don't, uh... they don't understand. <laughs> yeah. They have no idea. No, that's a great start. So, Mike, let's jump into this, man. Let's get these questions rolling. Let's learn a little bit about Mary. Okay, well, Mary answered some of the questions, so we're going to jump right into some other things. So, what type of music did you listen to as a kid? Well, I, I mean, this is a really, this is a great question. I'm the fifth of six kids. And uh, my mom was, my mom was in bands my whole life. Like she was in a Dixieland jazz band uh, for the majority of my life. And they like performed like she, and I was in Omaha, Nebraska, by the way. Like I wasn't oh. like, I wasn't in Louisiana. There's no good reason why I was my mother. Ask. Yeah. <laughs> she, she's a corn husker. Exactly. Exactly. But my mom was also, my mother actually was, my father owned a restaurant. My mom was the singer in the bar and that's how they met. Wow. So music's always been very deeply embedded in my family. And so, and I had older brothers and sisters and they were all, uh, there was five years in between me and the next ones. They were always a little, was, was quite a bit older than me. Uh -huh. And, uh, and so they had, they were really cool. Like, of course, my older siblings were all, all of them were cool in their own way. And they were all into like really cool music. So like I, when I was like 10, I got a mixtape that had like the most insane wide birth of music from like, you know, well, so when I was like before I before I got turned on to cool stuff by my older brothers and sisters, I was very much into Madonna. Madonna was like my she was, cool. was my hmm? she was cool. Yeah, she still is yeah. cool, by the way. Okay. I, I have I paid a lot of money. I'm gonna go see her in August. She's playing here in August. Yeah. I'm with you. I love It'll Madonna. be my third time. I love, time. I love Madonna too. Um, yeah, a material girl in a material yes. world. I mean, yeah. A lot of parties. Vogue. Uh, yes. Oh, yeah. One of my favorites. Borderline. Yeah. One of my favorites. Get into the groove. I mean, they're all yeah. over. Oh, yeah. It's probably the biggest hit right there. Um, uh, Like a prayer. Anyway, yeah. I, so, oh, yeah. and to, like, and in fact, my little sister and my, my friend Liz, we had a Madonna club and we would like dress like Madonna. I was like eight and we would go down to this creek by our house and just sit there and talk about Madonna. It was like, <laughs> I I wish I had a a photograph or even a, like audio of that whole thing because it was terrible. Um, what's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Uh, what's up, Lindy? Boogie. Um. So uh, so I was so after I made my so I was really into the radio or really into like pop music in general, and then I got this mixtape that had like the Velvet Underground and like all like the 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 clash and the cure and joy division so i actually got really into like new wave music mm -hmm. and uh and so i listened to a lot of like new order and um depeche mode and and then i then then the early 90s when i was in high school that was the grunge era so nirvana oh. etc yeah. okay. i love nirvana one of my favorites yeah i never got to see them live very regretful Mm, yeah, love Nirvana. I can listen to Nirvana every day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, but yeah, so, um, and then I just, in that, you know, when I moved to Chicago, I came mm. here for, I came here for college. Um, that's how I found all my friends was going to shows and, and, you know, going to rock clubs. And I, I mean, I, that was the great thing when I moved here. It's like everybody came here. So I got to see a million shows and all my idols and we got to get really into going to like dirty punk shows and (laughs) (laughs) we all have that phase yes oh yes oh yes oh yes so did you get into any of the house music when you got to shout town it's so funny you should ask that because no i in fact i think i might be the only like person in the city of chicago that at least at least as long as djs go i mean and in fact i i just recently kind of like understood house music like i've never that's not a that's not my it was never my thing and there's djs that do it so well and i didn't understand it and then i realized that like i just didn't do enough drugs i think to (laughs) to to really understand what the house music could be oh my gosh hopefully it wasn't just drugs Or maybe I was doing different drugs. I don't know. Some of it was good, but but I'm with you, man. I I've never really cared for it either. Yeah, but it's I, just... I played it, and I you know, uh, and I just never really got into house. But I mean, there are some people I love, like uh, Crystal Waters, and uh, sure, yes, the... some of the other ones, and CC Peniston. Yes, kind of on the edge of the other side. But I those tracks, Gypsy Woman, is one of my favorite tracks of all time. So yeah. Well, well for me, what got me into it is because when I started uh, DJing, it was uh, the electro funk that grabbed me for the most part. So who qualifies as that? Yes, so house and electro funk is almost the same thing. Uh, Like what was the the big hit of electro funk? Man, there was so many. Or like, what's what's an example of electro funk? I'll say craft work. Uh, oh. oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Fronts or or numbers. That part. Uh, yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, I got you. I was wondering too, man, because I was like, is he going somewhere? Because well, I was, yeah, I was I just, almost in house though, Mike. Yeah, I'm just saying it's close. Or, I'm just saying it's close. And they were Euro, so it was kind of, yeah, yeah, it was kind of different. Craft work? Yeah, they're from Yeah. Kraut Rock. It's close, you know, so that that gave me the ability to have an appreciation for house music. Mm-hmm. I don't, it's not so much, you know, it's just, I, I like a guitar. Like, uh, do you get, you know, Megan Taylor? Mm-hmm. DJ Megan Taylor, she's from here in Chicago. And like, we, she's she, like, she always kind of gives me, she's like, can't believe I don't like house music. And I'm like, I just like guitars. And she's like, I get it. I get it. We all have our thing. We all have our thing. I just, I we, really. We, we do. We do. <laughs> we all have our thing. I have several things. Yeah, I mean, well, here's a great one, Mike. I'm gonna let you ask this one since this was your question. Uh, so, what was it like DJing for President Obama and Michelle and Vince Young, Vince, Vince uh, Vaughn, and other stars? How how was that experience? Uh, I mean, you know, I'm not the DJing for President Obama. The first time, because there were two times, uh, uh, it was truly one of the greatest nights of my life. Like, and I've I have a child. I've been married. I've done a lot of great things in my life, and DJing for President Obama's like 
as good, if not better than those things. Um, it was, it was for a wedding and, um, and, uh, yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was, it was Valerie Jarrett's who's like his trusted, it was her daughter's wedding. And, uh, this was in 2012. So this, it was an election year actually. Um, and, uh, so, yeah, like the the wedding itself was amazing because like the bride was like, I want dancing the whole time. And that's not something, at least in Chicago, we don't do it that way. Where people usually dance during cocktail hour. Usually it's like they come to drink and then they eat and then they dance it's like boom, boom, boom. It's not like we don't usually we don't have like the East Coast style thing where they're dancing through dinner. Like it's just mostly just and she wanted dancing during cocktail hour. And I'm like, I can do anything. I, I'll try. But like that doesn't really happen. But if it I'll, I'll play music that goes towards that direction. And I played music during cocktail hour and people were dancing. And then all of a sudden, like Barack Obama's head kind of bounces like in front of me. (laughs) And I and it was I'll never forget it. It was um, Get Down On It by Cool and the Gang. And (laughs) whenever I hear that song, I think of Barack Obama's head. Oh, wow. That's too Bopping in front of me. But the best the best part of the whole night was um, I was under a tent. The, there was a dance there was a tent down below that had where dinner and the ceremony were and then dancing was uncovered uh it was on it was in a backyard of someone's house and um and i'm uh you know playing and people are going crazy this is actually during dancing this is like the this is after dinner mm-hmm. and uh and all day long there were storms that were being threatened and storms being threatened and it it didn't really seem like it was going to happen and i'm I played um, Teach Me How to Dougie mm. and Michelle Obama comes to the middle of the floor and clears everybody out and literally teaches everybody how to Dougie. Like, <laughs> and I'm like, and we had to surrender our phones. We weren't allowed. And I'm like, this oh, is no, the worst oh, experience. It's like, like water, water everywhere. Not a drop to drink. Like, I don't think, I don't think it was captured on. I don't even think anybody got it. Like no Spending one was let up. Photographer? They had a photographer, but they didn't have video. Oh wow! And and you and you weren't allowed to use your cell phones. Like they, it was wow. Like, um, and so she like crying. Yeah, it was it was insane. And then I have mm -hmm. a question. Mm -hmm. Did you know they were gonna be there? Oh yeah, I had to sign and I mean you couldn't like say, do y'all mind if I hire my own videographer? I don't, that would, no, we all had to go through background checks. Like it was a whole, it was a whole thing. Um, But I do have photographs. The bride, I mean, I, the, she, she allows me to, uh, she, she, I can use the photographs in my, in my, in my stuff. Um, You need to invest in some Ray-Ban glasses that record. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But the, but so anyway, so, so she teaches, you know, she's, so she spreads some water. She gets everybody to like teach teach them a Dougie, and then I I went from that into like, I th- I think I went I think I went from Dougie into um, no diggity, and I, I used to this little combo that was like it was it was uh, teach me a Dougie no diggity, and then I would go into Paris, and so it's so I'm you know I, there I get into I start playing Paris, and everyone's going crazy. And they're like standing there, everyone's hands, Barack and Michelle in the middle of the room. It's, they're all, and oh. then all of a sudden, the sky opens up and oh. it starts downpouring, and no one left. They all stayed out there dancing their wow. asses off, and it's raining. And Barack Obama was in the middle. It was, I don't think I've ever told this story actually. Wow. <laughs> this is like, the, I don't, well, I've never told it publicly before, but yeah, that was, that was an amazing experience. Now they know. <laughs> yeah, that was an amazing wow. experience. It really was. Wow. That's cool. And I can imagine 
uh, I know you was like on top of the world. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 it was, it was truly a great, and I actually met him and we talked for a little bit. It was, it was, it was great. It was like the, it was a, per, it was a perfect night. Yeah, so how, what, what was the second time? Uh, after I did that, his campaign reached out to me and asked for me to DJ his birthday party. Oh, wow. And it was, I mean, it was a fundraiser. So it was, it was <laughs> so, different. It, was it wasn't like it wasn't like it was his birthday party, and he was like coming over to me and saying like, "What's it gonna take for me to hear, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, let's get it on." Uh, but uh, uh, but it was so it was a fundraiser for his campaign. But um, they asked me to DJ that too. So oh wow, so That's technically cool. I've DJed for him twice. That's hey, I don't care if you just showed up and played one song as he walked in. The presidential march that's that's twice you're in the building with baraki i i actually dj'd uh i did a thing for the jarrett family i was uh valerie was uh uh michelle norris was interviewing valerie jarrett and they got michelle obama to do the intros for her so i actually and i was djing that too so i got to dj for michelle oh wow once a <laughs> once too Cool. That's really cool. Yeah, it was really cool. And I guess Vince wasn't as great, huh? No, but Vince Vaughn, that was a real fun one. That was that was um I had to sign an NDA for that one that just expired, I think. I looked it up so I can actually talk about it now. But uh <laughs> they I had just had double bunion. This is a these are funny stories. I kept telling these stories on our podcast, but um I had I had a really sexy um uh you know uh, procedure done to me where I had my bunions removed from my feet. This is like <laughs> this is like ten years ago. I had I had bunions and I had I had and I had them both done at the same time. Stay with me. I'm a wedding DJ. I stand on my feet a lot. My feet we, were in a bag. They we, were. In, we understand. We you feel, feel your, my pain. You feel your foot pain. So, so I'm I. <laughs> I had double bunion surgery and I had it done two days before Christmas. Cause I'm like, no one's going to need me to DJ anything. I wasn't working new year's Eve. I had a six week recovery time. I had nothing booked in that time. So I'm like, this is the safest time for me to get double bunion surgery. Cause I'm not going to have to stand. <laughs> so I have the surgery and two days after Christmas, I get a phone call from this woman and she's like, hi, um, I need you to do my wedding. It's in two weeks. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I just had foot surgery. I can't, I can't come. And she's like, I really want you to do it. I'm like, I understand that you want me, but I'm, I literally can't stand up. I had double bunion surgery. I had my feet, my feet broken and realigned. Like I have pins in my feet. I cannot do your wedding. And she's like, we just really want you. And I'm like, I understand that. Like, I don't know how many of can tell you, I can't even stand. I can't stand up. And she's like, we have to send an NDA to do this wedding. And I'm like, okay. Can I, <laughs> I'm like, can I sit down? Who is it for? And she's like, well, I can't tell you until you sign it. And Ooh. so I meet with her and, uh, and I don't know who she is. And, uh, I signed the NDA and they're like, we're still not going to, and they put their names of the people on there, but I'm like, this isn't anybody like what kind of dork needs an NDA? Like it's, it felt very self-important. Like it felt mm -hmm. very like it, like they weren't anybody, you know, like have you ever DJed something? Like you'll do like the Hewlett Packard Christmas party or something and then make you sign an NDA or have you ever had to do that? Like where it's like, it's just, you're just at a corporation and yeah. I didn't, we didn't have to do that for Hewlett Packard, but we have to do that before where we've been with like, you know, like big company openings or whatever. And they don't want it to get out that like the CEO got drunk and got handsy. Um, anyway, uh, so, um, so I, I get to the, so I don't know who this, who these people are. I do all the prep work for their wedding 
and uh, <laughs> and uh, and then we had to meet them in a parking lot in a in a church just in a suburb about 20 miles north of the city the day of the wedding where we were going to surrender our cell phones and then sign another NDA. And so we, I had to have an assistant cause I couldn't stand. Um, and, um, we go to this parking lot, we surrender our cell phones and then they hand us the real NDA and it says Vince Vaughn. That's how I found out that I was doing oh. his wedding as I was driving to it. I mean, I had all the information, I had all their music and all of their other stuff, but then, um, that's, that's cool. That's yeah, really it cool. was, it was really cool. And the wedding was great. The only, <laughs> this is, uh, so I, uh, they had wanted to use, I shouldn't tell the story. I don't feel like this is, <laughs> but they, no, no, they, 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 they don't want to get in trouble. They, so they chose, they chose a song that they wanted to use for their first dance and then they wound up nixing it. And, uh, cause they thought it was a little too kitschy to play for their first dance. And they chose something else more traditional. So they did the first dance. And then I was like, well, I'll just save that song for the last song of the night. Like I'll play that song cause it's special to them. And, you know, so I saved it, I played for the last dance and the room goes crazy. There was a circle around him. It was super fun. Like it was just, it was the most perfect way to end this wedding. And then, uh, a bunch of people started going one more song, one more song, which I hate. There's nothing I hate more than being one more songed because nothing is ever going to be as good as what got you them to feel that they wanted more from you in the first place. Like yeah. nothing's going to match that energy. And I was still on CDs. Okay. This is how long ago this was. I was still on CDs. And I also was, I also was a really late adopter to Serato. Um, and so they're like one more song. I'd already kind of packed up most of my stuff. And I was, they're like one more song. And Vince Vaughn gave me this look like, you know, you can't say no to him. He's gigantic and famous. Mm. Um, and so I grabbed the first CD I could find. And they're like, one more song. And I'm like, ah, and I like put the CD in. I, and I just hit play. They're like, one more song. One more song. I believe in miracles. You sexy thing. You, it, was the <laughs> biggest, it was the lamest song to play <laughs> after being one more song after like this triumphant night and i just throw on you sexy thing just mortifying did, did it work no oh no no it you didn't it work you created an everlasting memory that yeah great yeah they or i ruined the memory like it was this like hot end and then all of a sudden it's 108 beats per minute like just this like <laughs> slow blomp of a song like it was just a boner softener oh wow can i say that on the air yes you hey, can hey, say whatever you want to say anyway uh well oh wow uh i'll take this one so what is it about djing that keeps you keeps you going what keeps you doing this what brings you back every weekend or however often you dj well, you know, it's funny that you should ask that question because prior to the pandemic, you know, I've been doing this for, you know, for a long time. And then I had a kid in there and I had, you know, I, I had been kind of tapering off. And prior to the pandemic, I hadn't done a stranger's wedding in like four years. And, um, and, <laughs> uh, and then the pandemic happened and on the day of lockdown, which here in Chicago, I think was like March 16th or 14th or something. Uh -huh. We had five, we had 564 weddings on the books for 2020 alone. What? Yeah. Good. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was, it was just 2020. 
it, 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 we'd, already, we'd already done a bunch. That was just what was in the future of 2020. 564. And we, it was horrible. And then my, my main employee, cause I had been, I had a full-time employee that ran everything. Like I really wasn't doing that much other than having a lot of, you know, I was raising my kid, whatever. So, uh, she quit cause she had a baby and didn't have childcare. So it all kind of fell on me and a couple of employees and every, I mean, it was just, it was, it was horrible. Um, but once we got to the, and I lost a bunch of DJs during that time, and I you know got rid of some DJs, and you know we had we had like a we had a we had quite the um, year to kind of get through, and then once we started rebooking, people were rebooking for dates that either the DJ that they were are they were previously booked with is already booked, or they weren't available, and so I went up taking on a full season of weddings in 2021, and I hadn't done. Like, I think I did one or two weddings the previous four years. And so I was really scared that like that I wasn't going to be able to do it anymore because I, you know, I, I, I have a team of DJs that do all this. I don't do them anymore. And so I, (laughs) I rolled into that first wedding and I was terrified. I was really scared. Like I was, I was very scared because that way I own the company and they're thinking they're getting like, you know, yeah, the, you know, yeah, the like fucking, you know, Avicii showing up or something. <laughs> and uh, and I'm just like, can I even go from the way you look tonight into, you know, Science Seal Delivered? And, you know, like what? I don't even know. So but I got into it and I started doing it. I'm like, oh, wait, I forgot. I'm great at this. Like it was it was like riding a bike. And um and I, so I, I bought all new speaker. I mean, I like went all in. I got like, I bought like almost all new equipment and like, you know, I, cause I had a whole season to justify it. So that happened. And then last year I was the backup. I didn't have any weddings booked by actually what at the end, by the end of the year, I went up booking like two or three, but um, I was just backup DJ for last year. And I did once again, did a pretty, pretty full season. And because uh, we had, like last year, if, I don't know if you remember, because it was so it, it was a million years ago, but it was also just a year ago. Uh, people were my, I like my teachers just kept getting COVID. Like I I I would I picked up a lot of weddings like the night before because because wow. the, the DJ would get COVID. And so that sucked. Um, I mean, it was actually <laughs> that didn't suck. It didn't suck. I mean, it, it sucked in so far that like I wound up losing a lot of time that I thought was going to be mine. But the weddings were great and it was, you know, once again, really fun. But then at the end of this, toward the end of the season last year, I was like, I don't, I, I, I've been doing this for too long to be the backup. <laughs> like I, so where are you at now? How many are you doing a year now? How many you got on the books for this year? Zero. So you just running, you just CFO. I'm CFOing right now. CEO. Okay. CFO, right. CEO, COO. Yeah. The o. I'm just not the CDJO. Okay, but that's that was just but that was a conscious decision. Like my, I like I'm I'm actually trying to get kind of out of everything with the with the DJ company. I'm like working toward because I'm I want to I want to focus on a different. Like I've been running a DJ business. That's a really good question. I don't think anybody's ever asked me that question. (laughs) Like why why am I doing this? I because I I love being a part of the higher the 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 overseeing the the high the 
what's the high level stuff for the DJ uh-huh. company, like finding leads and doing marketing and uh, that kind of stuff. And I also like doing stuff like this, like being on podcasts and, uh, you know. Oh, and, are, you, are you thinking about, am I going to break news? Or are you trying to sell the company? Oh, no, no, no. No, no I got to pay for the get a chair in the corner. Just want to get a chair, an office in the corner like Phil Knight and sit on the couch with your shoes off and tell everybody else what to do. Yes. <laughs> you, na- you, you nailed it. Okay. Uh, right. I gotta, I gotta you pay this. Leave. You just want to run the company. Yeah, I just, yeah, I don't want it. But I actually, but like you know, I'm, I'm not that good with talking to, um, you know, it's, it's, I don't, I'm not as good at like, I don't want to, I don't know things the way I used to on the nitty gritty of the wedding stuff. I used to know every venue like the back of my hand, and I used to mm-hmm. know, you know, all the planners, and I do know a lot of like the planners now because I'm actually, uh, I'm on the board of our WIPA chapter. Mm-hmm. Are, do you, are, do you have a whip a chapter in today? Yeah, we have a whip a chapter. We have a nice, we have a, you know, all kind of stuff. I highly recommend you should become a, a member of, of WIPA if you're not, if you're not one already. I would note that, man. You really should because it's, uh, they, there's not a lot of like DJs that are members of it. So you get to be kind of in rarefied air. Maybe I can get you to send me a Dallas referral. I bet I could. I don't think I get anything <laughs> for getting you to join the Dallas referral, yeah. but I'm just saying I, I, I just, that I joined a drink. Nice. <laughs> well, I jo- I could check, but I I, did, I will say this: I joined WIPA during, um, and WIPA is the Wedding International Professionals Association. For mm-hmm. anybody who doesn't, no, one of my wife's good friends, one of the planners she works with a lot. My wife does stationery. She's the president of WIPA right now, so she's trying to get more of us, more people to join. So, well, your wife, to- your wife does stationery. Yes, ma'am. So you're like a double wedding industry family. K I L L I N G in it over here. <laughs> that is, that's awesome. Yeah. We, uh, so, um, but yeah, I joined during WIPA during the uh, pandemic and they, it's just, it's been really a great boon to my business having, having them in my. Well, do you do more corporate stuff now? The company does more corporate stuff or are you still doing more? Um, weddings are always going to be our, our bread and butter. I, I mean, it's just, we just love them. I mean, corporate's great. And I know that that's like every DJ's dream is to like not do weddings anymore. And to kind not of really. to... That's not true, man. That's not true. That's good to know. I'm a yeah. generalizer. Well, I love weddings because there's nothing like seeing the groom's face as the bride comes down the aisle crying or, you know, just those moments. Yeah. You can't get those corporate events. You know, yeah, they might give away a big TV or something at a Christmas party. Or they mm-hmm. might, oh, you're the employee of the year. We're going to give you a car. Yeah. But there's nothing like seeing a groom's face yes. comes down the aisle. Or, you know, being in the right place when they do the first look and you see the bride and the groom or dad's face as he walks his... Or uh, another great moment is that dance with dad and I only want to dance for a minute and 30 seconds. Next thing you know, she's bawling yes. in arms and do I stop the song or do I keep it? You know, so, no, I love weddings. Yeah. I get feels every time I do one. I, I don't think I'll ever... I still love DJing clubs and things, but weddings are more fun to me now. And that's the thing is that like, that's like that was the thing I recognized when I started doing weddings again, I'm like, Oh, I forgot what this feels like to have like a hundred people in front of me, like being blown, their minds are being blown by what I'm doing. You know, like that doesn't happen to you very much with your cranky five-year-old, you know, like <laughs> there's no praise in, uh, in motherhood. uh, and I, that was something that I really realized. I'm like, Oh, I really forgot how much I like, thrived on that kind of adoration (laughs) and so that is something like when I and it's not like I'm sick of doing it and I I it's not like I had a bad wedding like it like last year like it was 
they were all great. It was just I, like, I'm like, I am. No, I don't, we, we're all striving to get in that position. I want to get in that position, but I love I it. Much, so I, I would think everybody like to do one a month or something. I don't think I could just stop altogether. I still would want to do. Yeah, go ahead, Mike. But I was just saying, I don't think everybody is striving to do that uh, because just like some of us have a fear of getting in front of a crowd, some of us have a fear of dealing with the back end things. Mm -hmm. uh, so I just think it's a rare air when you're dealing with that. Because me, myself, I love to DJ, but I love both ends of it as well. Mm -hmm. I like to negotiate. I like to, you know, organize and and make sure that things are running accordingly. You know, everything that you do as a as a owner, I love that just as much as I love to DJ. Yeah. Uh, but I know it's different. You know, some people they just they're just not there. Well, you know, and one of the things one of the things that really kind of drove me over the edge was that my my son had a little dance performance, and I had to like I was I was supposed to go to it, and I had to do a last minute wedding. Mm. And I, so I had to miss his little performance and I was like, fuck this. Like <laughs> I, like I shouldn't be missing. Is this Jody with short hair? But go ahead. <laughs> Who's Jody? <laughs> A photographer that we had on the show. <laughs> yeah. this, this, she blew the wheels off of the bit, off of the podcast. <laughs> it will never be the same, but uh, go ahead. You're good. Um, I just was like, I can't keep missing. I only get one childhood with him and I can't, I and can't miss cool. these yeah. things. And I, <laughs> And if you're in a position to do it how you want to do it, then by all means do it that way. Everybody's not in that position. And it's always going to be here. DJing's always, that is, I mean, you know, that all these people that are like naysaying about this potential oncoming uh, recession. AI. Yeah, AI. You know, I'm, I'm just, yeah, AI, I, no, I don't think AI is ever going to replace us. I, I know that's probably going to be famous last words and they're going to be like, it's going to be on my gravestone. Like, ha ha. She said that the AI wasn't going to take over, but she died three days later from AI. Um, <laughs> I, I think, I think people are always going to need. Yeah. I mean, think about, think about vinyl, right? Vinyl people thought was dead and now it has come completely back around. Yes, like, like I, I don't think, I don't think we're ever going to get replaced by robots. No. Um, <laughs> what I was gonna say, I lost my train of thought. That's okay, don't worry about it. All right, we'll we'll get back to it. if you think. Right. Come back yep. to it. Go ahead, Mike. Keep moving. Keep it moving. We don't want to run out uh, of time. So, so you kind of you kind of touched on this, but I want you know to allow you to touch on it more. The you know how you balance your family life with doing what you love to do. Oh. You know? Is I am I able to balance it? Oh, I don't know. I'm asking. <laughs> That's why we ask you. It's hard. It really is. I mean, especially like I mean, like I said, I had to miss my son's little perform like one of my son's little performances last year, and you know, it's it's you know, I, I mean, I and like I mean, I even said earlier on, like I from you know, I had I had him in 2014, and so you know, I really slowed down between 2014 and 2020. Like that was, you know me kind of and that was a difficult time actually just from like a a mental place because like prior to having my son I was very much like DJ Mary Nisi who owns Toast and Jam and it was like a, you know so much of my identity was sort of wrapped up in that and then when I had my son you know and I was away I had I took a maternity leave uh and then I um came back and I had a full-time employee that was doing everything and doing it really well and didn't want to relinquish anything which I know is rare and so 
I kind of had nothing to do. And it kind of, I was like wandering in the desert. Like I, I, it was crazy. I didn't really know who I was. And I did some other business ventures that were, that worked out fine, but I didn't really have my heart in it. Uh, and then one of the good things about, um, the pandemic, if there is a good thing that could have come out of it. Oh, a lot of good things came. Yeah. yeah. Is, um, I was able, I, I was able to figure out how to come back to the business in a way that made sense for me. Like, you know, I think that prior to the pan, prior to the pandemic and prior to having my son, I kind of just ran the business and it was fine. And everything was fine. I wasn't really taking, I really wasn't looking at anything. I wasn't like, you know, running accurate P and L's and I wasn't looking at my money. Right. I wasn't looking at like, you know, return on investment on things. I was just like, well, can I afford it? Okay, fine. I don't care. You know, like I didn't, I didn't know my numbers. I didn't know anything. And then because it was all taken away from me so quickly, I had to quickly like relearn what, you know, how, how I was running things and, um, and I was able to fix a lot of holes and yeah. it made a lot of us take a deep dive. Mm -hmm. doing. Uh, and if you didn't make yourself better during the pandemic, shame on you. Well, you're not here. Yeah. Well, no, I'm saying you can still be here, but I'm talking about if you didn't take the time to dive into stuff and how we can do things better, how I can do this. But we really, a lot of places had a long break. We only had like from March to May and we went back full. I've been doing full throttle weddings since May. What? May of 2020? Texas was, it was like Florida. They were, they didn't care. We did our first wedding. It was 150 people. One person had on a mask in May of 2020. Me and my wife put up a TV screen and we said, don't come up here, text whatever you need to say. But I mean, from May 2020 all till today, we've been going full throttle in Texas. Wow. Well, I, yeah. I went back. I can't. I went back somewhere up in there too, Jeff, because I, uh, it may have been a little bit after you, but I mm -hmm. remember I had a wedding uh, and I was upstairs. Yeah. And it was my first time being out. And I remember, you know, it was just this fear that was, you know, yeah. it was like I didn't want nobody. And and the good <laughs> thing, they had to come upstairs to get to me. And you can stop them. Yeah. Were you wearing crazy. a mask? Yeah, uh, we yeah. Had, well, we yeah. wore a mask, but a lot of the guests just. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah, no, it was a yeah. lawless land. I yeah. have a question to ask you, Mary. So. Mm -hmm. During that time or before, because I know I don't remember exactly what your talk was about. So, did you ever have a coach, or have you ever had a coach, or do oh, yeah. coaching? Yeah. So, did you have Matt? Matt out of Cleveland. Matt Radicelli. Yeah, rock the house, or did you go with somebody else? Uh, no, I, I was not. No, I didn't even know that world existed. I was very much like mm -hmm. I. I didn't start getting into like the national DJ scene until like during COVID, but my first coach I got was in 2017 mm -hmm. and they were just like a general business coach, but she was my, my, she changed my whole world. Mm -hmm. My first business coach. I highly recommend it. If, if you can, if you, I mean, I feel like most people, especially in this, in the DJ industry, I don't think many people go to undergrad for DJ service for DJ <laughs> studies and then graduate. And then they start a DJ company. Like that's not how it works. You but, fall in. Didn't you start offering those services? Because I know you had something that you were offering when you gave your talk, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I have I own a, I have an online course that okay. now that teaches DJs how to grow and scale their businesses called the Toast and Jam Lab. 
if you guys yeah, are looking yeah, for if yeah. anybody's needing I knew, it. I, knew, I, I couldn't remember what I remembered it for. Yeah. I knew it was something that you had was offering and I looked into it and yeah, you know. it was um it was I made it in 2019, actually right before the pandemic. And that's the in and so you know I I did that in 2019 and then the pan and right I made it in 2019 and then right and then 2020 was when I started marketing it, and that was when you saw me was at the at Midwest DJ and then the pandemic hit and I yeah. couldn't do anything with it. And it's, yeah. it's still a great product though. And I just still do. I, I know. Um, that's why I was wondering if you had got a coach or if you just started coaching, because I know that was something that you were. Yeah, no, I, uh, and I had took a close look at it because I, said, I, I like what you, I really, you had a great talk when I saw you there and I was really impressed. And I said, you. if I ever put together a conference, that'll be one lady that I'll put on my list. Because Thank you. It was different. It wasn't the same crap we get all the time, the same stuffy. And then, you know, here I'm trying to sell you a book after. So, you know, yeah, I know. I, uh, I don't have a book. Not yet. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yes, I would say if you, if you guys, I am a high, I highly recommend business coaching if it's, if, whether it's me or somebody else, but I, I recommend it because most of the time when people become DJs, they don't, um, there's no course for this. It's, no, I mean, there, there's people that can teach you now because they've been through it. But yeah, but you fall into it. This yeah. is the job that happens to you. It's like, yeah. oh, you've got you've got DJ equipment. Like, come over and do this, and all of a sudden, you're. It's just it doesn't. It's not like a normal job. And if you, you think know? you get it figured out, you'll get kicked in the butt, and it's it's crazy. Yeah. But, all right, keep it going. Um, but when you get a coach, they are the ones who can kind of help you get out of your own way. And I, so I. I do you guys are you guys your company is like just you guys or do you have people under like subs? So Mike has a smaller company that he runs. For, well, I'll let you speak for yourself. Go ahead, Mike. Well, yes, I have a smaller company, but I I tend to send out anywhere from four to five guys. Mm -hmm. Um, but are I they... have a smaller company. <laughs> Jeff is more full. Won't say smaller. He just doesn't. Have as many people that he trusts to go. I mean, on. five is still a lot. It's not. That's what yeah, it is. So we have between seven and twelve. Uh huh. And uh, so you know, it's we don't are have they, all the time. Are your DJs uh, independent contractors or are they W two? Right now, everybody is all ten ninety nines because W two W twos. We still haven't figured out how to. You know, we're still growing. We're just in our third year. We started in 2020. We Wait, started in the pandemic. Both your DJs are, are W2? Uh, all my DJs are. Y yours too, Mike? 1099. I mean, 1099. Oh, I was like, wow, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah. yeah, I wish. I wish. Yeah, it's 1099. I'm sorry. Yeah, I don't mean, I don't wish that. I wish we had like four or five people on staff to do certain things, like maybe operations manager, booking, sales, you know, just have some people that you don't have to do everything and you can concentrate on one thing instead of trying to be everything. Yeah. You know, because some definitely suffers if you're trying to do everything. Mm -hmm. When there's a, And you wind up, you're doing stuff you don't want to do. And when you yeah. don't want to do it, you're going to do it twice as, it's take you twice as long and you're going to make twice as many mistakes. Is, is the company just, is it just, are you or are you well, and your wife? And another gentleman, uh, he's on here, Garrick, he posted a question a few minutes ago. So he he was all excited to hear you again because he's he watched you on the multi op, oh. yeah the, that thing and it was really good too. Um, yeah. Oh, the thing with the blueprint thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, that was fun. Uh, again, oh, oh there's oh, oh hi. Oh, hi. Oh, is this the 
the amazing stationer. <laughs> that would be me. Yeah. Nice so, to meet you. Have you ever heard of Ijo uh, Ray Ray? Ijo Ray Ray in Chicago, the stationer? What, wait, what's she the name? Still a, she used to own a venue, too. I don't know what the name of her venue was. Uh, but she's like a big luxury stationer up there in Chicago. That's what's her who, name? Ijo Ray Ray. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. so that's well, she... that's my business coach. <laughs> oh, see, yeah. business coaching works, guys. Yes, yeah, it does. It does. <laughs> I, I promise. I'm gonna tell you that one definitely did. So yes, yeah, she's opened many doors, many light bulbs have come on. Uh, things have sprouted and grown. And, that uh, rules. Yes, but all right, Mike, keep it going, brother. You got the questions. Let's let's roll them up. Uh, so the one we have to ask: You're in a male-dominated business. How has the business treated Mary? Has it been tougher for you to open doors? Has tell me your experience? And you can be open and candid because Rachel was, Fallon was, everybody that we talked to, they told us about you know their yeah. walls and how it's yeah. It's, huh? I would say, I mean, I think that I mean most of the DJs that work in my company are women. Actually, uh, mm -hmm. I only have like a couple of dudes that work for me. It's been mostly women the whole time, and that's not really been by design. It's more just been by like me being okay with the vibes that they're bringing because we we run from a very ego less place at toast and jam and uh, a lot of male djs come with a lot of ego and you know that's not something that flies very well with me um but that doesn't mean i mean we do have some great guys who work for me past and present for the most part um one of the things I find the weirdest part of my job is like when people like I've had a lot of like I'll go I'll be setting up and people ask if I'm setting up for the real DJ. <laughs> That's happened. Well, not funny, but yeah. I'm like, yeah, a guy sent a tiny woman, all five two of me, to come and set this gear up, and then he's gonna show up, and, and he's gonna play 128 for about two hours, and then I'm gonna come back at midnight and clean them out. Like what? Like what universe? Um, but I, and I also would say that almost every event that I do, someone comes up to me and says they've never seen a female DJ before, and I think they're saying it to me from a place of like, "Look at you! Look at who's picked themselves up off their bootstraps!" Like I've never seen a lady doing this job before. Like good for you. And it's like, it doesn't make me feel good. Like it doesn't make me feel like, like look at me breaking glass ceilings. Like I've been doing this for twenty fucking years like like oh. where have you been you know like i don't i don't do you, do you drink no okay do you let loose lights on on the client on people like that when they come up to you and ask you do you like say it all nice and soft i've been doing this 20 effing years uh no i say i say it but i say it in a really nice way I go that's crazy because i've been doing this for 20 years <laughs> and they're like oh god did i just offend you and it's like no 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 you made me feel great yeah, like you definitely would say that to anyone, right? Would you go up to a guy and say, congratulations for being the 87 millionth white guy I've seen doing this job. <laughs> keep keep on banking on, like, what the fuck, man? Like, I don't know. I just feel like it's just, it's so belittling and it makes me feel like I'm taking a space from somebody <coughs> else, you know, instead of like being here in my own right. So you get it from that. So what about like trying to get into speaking and doing other things, you know, the conferences and, doing stuff how's those doors been for you well you know I, one of the weird i mean because i have been going to a lot of conferences since covid like or i, I started going 
to a lot of them post uh, during and post COVID. And, uh-huh. um, and especially the DJ conferences, like it's usually, it's a lot of guys. Usually there's like 200 guys and like seven women. Um, and so there is a bit of a like animal in a zoo kind of feeling. <laughs> so it's kind of like looking at me like, what's she doing here? <laughs> like, um, you know, and I, I, you know, I, when the people are on stage, you know, I, I have to be, I have kind of severe ADHD. So I have to kind of sit in the front row. Otherwise I get super, so I'm, I'm very visible at these things. And so, you know, when the people are up there on stage, sometimes they'd be like, all right, guys, you know, guys, you got, and then they look at me like, and ladies. And it's like, I, I'm here. Like, I, <laughs> I'm sorry. I threw you off your, uh, your, so, your wavelength. I would say it like this. This is how I would look at it with you. You're strong, so they can come at you as hard as they want to, any kind of way they come, and you just keep pushing through. You don't let it affect you, stop you. No, I can't. I mean, mostly because this is like, I mean, it, you know, I it's a really interesting question. I don't well, think- that's, that's what we think about this for a whole, well, we've had quite some time to think yeah. about stories. So we dive into what you tell us, and then we know some stuff that is happening in the industry or other things people said to us. So we just want to get, you know, your feeling on it. And I know some people try to not to really say, oh, you know, sometimes they won't open up. You'll hit me later and say, well, this is what I really feel. But it's just interesting to hear because every woman I deal with or lady in the business, I try to treat them just as fair and I. Because I mean, because there's 1,300 guys and there's five black guys too. Uh huh. Yeah. women. So you know, I know mobile beat, and you're looking around. Where is everybody else at? Or you know, and yeah. then you're there. You're with your husband most of the time. The ladies are because they're in a supporting role. So I, I understand. So I know what you. I I feel the same. Thing yeah. Well, well, yeah. It's. I mean, I said it's. It's sad that we deal with those type of situations, but it happened. It happens in so many different ways. Yeah. Because well, like for me, and I just want to say this for me, like say I'm doing a wedding <clears throat> and and I'm the only black person in it. Mm-hmm. And I'm playing to a, a all white crowd. And I'm playing, you know, say I'm playing a heart shaped box by Nirvana. Or mm-hmm. And they'll look back. They're like, and it's that look like, how do you know that? Mm. And, and and for me now for me it's funny to me because I get a kick out of it Mm -hmm. you know you know it's it's I'm not going to say there's no greater joy but it's a joy to me to know that you are questioning me based on what you think not what you know Mm. what you think so it's funny to me that you have belittled yourself to that point yeah Yeah. (laughs) well Mm. and like are you when you are in those situations i'm like but like when you're in a situation where you're the only black person at an all white wedding are you aware of that like is that something that you're it's not like you just well i'm aware of it i can't help it and it's and it's not nothing like makes me feel Bad. I'm just as a DJ. For me, I watch everything because for me, when I'm playing music, I'm watching every response that I can see mm-hmm. from the person, and that kind of dictates my next move. So I'm very observant 
of everything. Of course, of course. I meant just in general, like when you're in, because I like when I'm in places where I'm the only woman, that's a very, and it happens a lot in DJ, like at DJ conferences, well, I'll be like the only woman there. Yeah. Uh -huh. And I'm, and I'm like, wow, why am I the only white person there? Like this is, or not, oh, the only, well, no, that was, that was the, the next point I was going to make is that sometimes I'm in situations where I like, I'll realize that there's like, where there's only white people. Like when I'm in a situation where it's only white people, I'm like, because that doesn't happen to me that much where like there's, I mean, it happens to me in smaller groups, but I'm mean, like in a general group. I'm always kind of deeply aware. I'm like, wow, everyone here is white. Like what, why did this, I, I, I become very aware. I'm like, why did I find up in this, why in this very white space? I mean, I'm used to more <laughs> diverse climbs. Um, but what, how do we get on this? Well, I mean, it's, it's just <laughs> taking us where we're going, wherever yeah, the music takes us. That's what we're um, doing. But yeah, so basically I, I am, I get become deeply aware of how much of uh, the lack of women in those situations and how much of an anomaly that I am. And I do find that um, when I tell people what I do for a living, it's like, so do you actually do the DJing? Like, does anybody ever ask you that when you say you own a DJ company? Does anybody ever ask you, do you do the DJing or do they just assume you DJ? They assume, and unfortunately, unfortunately, that's the crazy thing because, you know, for you, I don't, like, I don't like that when, you know, and one of the things that me and Jeff have been really good about is, you know, being on the other side of those conversations uh, because that that is a messed up thing to assume, mm -hmm. you know, like, wow, so are you the DJ? Always. You know, and that's crazy. Like I just started a DJ company. Like I'm this enterprising lady that was like, I'm going to get involved in one of the most difficult people to manage. And I'm only going to do that side of it. Like I'm not going to get the payoff of like actually getting to have fun at this wedding. I'm just going to get to take the abuse of the person who's like <laughs> negotiating the contract or, you know, bouncing yeah. checks. But everybody takes it differently. So I see you you use it as a superpower to let them know you're in the building instead of letting it be, bring yeah. you. You use it as a strength or as a motivation and you don't let them get to you. But Well, I, kind of because I can't. Like, I'm literally not qualified to do anything other than this. Like, you went, <laughs> you went, to, you went to DePaul. What did you get a degree in? Art history. You live yeah. in Chicago. You could go work at a great museum. No, like, do you have any idea how hard it is to get a job in museums? <laughs> it's impossible. Like, I actually, wow. I was thinking, I remember saying to somebody, I'm like, I think in my retirement, I want to be that person that, like, the, like, old lady that's, like, at the museum and, like, wanders around and tells people about the art. And they're like, do you have any idea how cutthroat it is to get those free, those unpaid docent jobs? And I'm like, oh, man, I can't go from one cutthroat industry to another cutthroat <laughs> industry okay i got you i got you so well hey stay happy in what you're doing and uh look like you got about six seeds of income with radio podcasts and all the other stuff you got going um on. i don't know if you know this but there's no money in podcasting and there's no money in radio Anymore. there is money in podcasting there is you just got to get to that point wait do you guys yeah, make we money in podcasting yeah, we, small we just thing. need to have a. We'll have a sideboard conversation. Yeah, there's money in this. I've never made money. I pay money to do my podcast. No, we'll have a sideboard. Two hours. Did, uh, did, Jeff, did you see her head explode? Yeah, yeah. There's money, Mary. You can make money. Okay, I need well, to it takes time, and you have to build a big audience, but you can make money. 
How many listens? Do you guys talk about your numbers on the air? Uh, well, this is low because you know. Well, no, just how many? Like how many people like listen to their like listen to the podcast? Well, well we have other forms. We do, we do stuff on Spotify too. To build. This is something that we're trying to build, but we have other formats that we've been working on, and the numbers are beautiful. Yeah, because yeah. I do a Spotify, I do a Spotify podcast. I interview mm-hmm. like I interview Mike out interview different yeah. people and the numbers are okay and they pay you anchor or spotify will pay you money if you put a little blurb in that stuff other people will pay you to do stuff so you, can make, you can make money sponsorships you guys need to tell me about some i need to i need to learn we can coach you on that one yeah okay all right uh just by mentioning their name and their company you can make money um mm-hmm. You know that, Mary. You're I do, but I mean, how do you how do you choose the company? You talk, well, you, they, if you got somebody who likes you, and you just talk to them, say, "How would you like me to mention your company on my podcast?" We'll oh. talk about it, Mary. Mm-hmm, yeah. yeah, you guys. Thank well, you for. Well, let me ask you another question. Uh, something else I like about you is I love on your website. Your website is kind of cool and different. Oh, yeah. And really, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, she's a girl got peanut butter and jam on it. <laughs> it's <laughs> unique, and it's really unique. And I thought that was really cool. And then I, I love the part where you say, we throw away the list. You got a list of songs you don't play. You got this. We're outside the box. So is that something that draws your clients to you or do you? Absolutely. Do, yeah, you- no. I would say the So when I first started the company, I started the company mostly because like all my, I was like 28 and all my friends were getting married. And most of what you see in the world of wedding DJs is like, you know, they don't, <laughs> they don't, they don't know who craft work is. Let's just put it that way. And uh and so I was like, I wanted to be like the DJ for the hipster, like my friends, like my, like, you know, and so we were the company that you can, you knew wouldn't do the chicken dance and wasn't going to do, you know, like games and props and shit. And so that was how we initially made our name was like, this isn't what we, this is, we don't, we have here, there, our song list started with a list of songs we won't play. And then over time, when you start doing a ton of weddings, you know, you, we have reputation. Everybody wants to thinks they're you know they all think they don't want that stuff, um, and so um, and so we, while we do get a lot of mainstream clients that and, and then by mainstream means they just they want to have just like an awesome wedding with like good music that's like but it's like you know popular music, but like you know the guy who wants to, I, I did a wedding do you know Gigi Allen is he was like a punk in the in the 80s and he had he was gross he'd poop on stage he committed suicide on stage it's like he's a he's a mess but i played but i had a client that like wanted to hear Gigi allen at their wedding and it's like and i figured i got it in there and it was awesome and like everybody loved it but as the thing is that like like you can trust us with like your you know your bruno mars and your dua lipas but you can also trust us if you've got like you know i want to have german crap music from the late 70s but not the stuff from the early 80s like i've got you <laughs> like like i can i so if, and we i know when to play that stuff you don't have to throw it out because your grandma doesn't understand it like i love weird weddings like i i did a wedding once where the client was like we only want new wave music and i'm like okay i've got you like that i couldn't be a better dj for you and i'm like but that music's not gonna work for everybody and they're like i don't care and I'm like, okay, so like if no one else is dancing, you don't want me to switch directions. And they're like, we're paying for this. And this is what I want to hear. And so the bride and groom were the only people dancing. And they were like, they were so happy. And no one else would dance with them because they didn't know the music. And everybody else had a horrible time. But the bride and groom had a great time. <laughs> <laughs> so let me ask you this. How did that make you feel? 
You know, at the time, I loved it because I was like, you know, uh, I, I was sort of, you know, punk in my own, you know, like I kind of liked that I was like giving these people exactly wanted to play, they're playing music I liked. It wasn't like I, I was mad about that. But in retrospect, I kind of wish that I would have made more people at that wedding happy. But I also was like, if the bride and groom are clearly loving this, why won't you just dance with them? Like, yeah. Like they're having a good time. Like it's almost like they were judging them for wanting to have this unique stamp on their wedding. But maybe on the other side of it, they knew that their family sucked and they were just going to be like, you know what? My family sucks. They're not going to support me. So this is my way of getting my needs met. Now that I'm thinking about it, that's a beautiful sentiment. Wow. I hope they're still together. (laughs) Sorry, I I just had a full circle thought cycle. Oh my gosh, yes. I love the fact that that's your story and you're sticking to it. Put the train on the tracks and then you ran it right back. I mean, you ran it right into the back of somebody's car. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh my gosh. But no, that's, yeah, because that's a tough one because I did a wedding and they wanted all this music. But Luckily, everybody there knew it, so they all sing and dance mm-hmm. to it. So I, it wasn't as bad, but you know. Well, and that's the thing. I feel like you know, I meet some DJs sometimes, and they're like, you know, I've got my things. I know what works. I don't want clients to give me any input. I'll play their first dance and their other stuff, but I just want to do whatever I want to do because, like, I know what that group wants. And in many ways, like, I could go into pretty much any wedding, any event blind, and I'm sure you guys could too at this point. Like. I can walk in the room. I can walk around. I can look at some things. I can play some stuff during dinner to kind of see what, what gets some head nods. And then I can just destroy them. You know, like I, I can, we could all do that. But I mean, I think that the thing that. hmm? No, go ahead. I have a, I have something I want to add to that, but go ahead. I'm listening. Um, I like when I'm able to like, like one of the things we like to say is that like, we, we're not going to, we're not going to DJ a wedding. We're going to DJ your wedding. Like it's, it's, we want to oh, make sure, like we're not cu- we're not just doing the thing we do. Like we're getting to know you. We want to know, like you know, when you were in eighth grade, did you get dumped at a Backstreet Boys concert? So, like, I shouldn't play them, <laughs> or maybe I should. Like, I don't know. I want to know like all of the little nooks and crannies, so that like I can blow your friends and their fam, you know, everybody's minds respectively. And I think that that can only be done with those songs that like you know when you people come up they're like oh you got to play this song it was our song and, and you play it and the, a couple are like why are you playing this song it's like the worst memory you know, like they they think it's the the friend thinks that it's something that's going to really mean something and then ultimately it it, yeah. it didn't and yeah, yeah. it meant they something had two, yeah they had two experiences that were tied mm-hmm. that you felt one way but the couple felt yeah. another way so yeah but you touched on something that I that that me and Jeff talk about and and I love. For me, uh, I go in with no plans. The only plans is what my client wants me to do in regards to them. Mm-hmm. In regards to everybody else, I don't want to know. Mm-hmm. I'm going to find you when I get there, and when I find you, I'm gonna beat you on your head until you're out. And that's <laughs> it. You know, for me, it's like going in, rolling in grenades. Everybody gets yep. one. Well, and, I, and that's a, and and I think that you know, as a as a woman in this, I feel like I have a little bit more like 
I, I have scrutiny and I'm and I'm sure that you you also get it as people of color when you're like around a bunch of white people like you know I, I feel like I'm I well maybe you don't have this feeling hopefully you don't have I feel like I'm coming in with a deficit where people are already thinking they're not going to get Man. what they think they're going to get so and, somebody, yeah I, I feel you so when somebody walks up to you when you walk in the door do you know country and western you don't think we start with a deficit too a lot of times yeah, so. I didn't want to I didn't want to project that onto you but I assume okay. you, no we do we do you know and it's and it's like you know I already I feel like I have to come in and be five times better than what they would have expected from you know what they were expecting you know and I feel like and, and that extend that extended to like you know when I, I was really reluctant to, this is so dumb, but I was really reluctant to move to Serato when, because it felt to me, if I'm just like tapping away at a computer, it won't look like I'm actually doing anything. And it'll look like I'm just playing a playlist, which I'm not doing. And I felt this big insecurity, like at least with CDs, it was like, I'm putting it in, I'm scrolling it up. I'm finding the cue point. Like I'm doing all of the stuff and it makes me look like I'm doing something, but like on the computer, it didn't look like anything. I know this is stupid. It was just like my own like insecurities of it. So in my mind, I still approach DJing on, in Serato the same way I approached it on CDs that like, I don't want to do the same thing. I don't, I don't have a whole lot of routines. Like I don't, I don't have, I don't, I always play these five songs. I might have like two or three songs that all kind of go together, but like, I feel like I'm kind of cheating the, the people out of it. If I'm just doing the exact same shit I did week after week. Well, for me, I can't do the same thing over and over again. I get bored. And when I get bored, I get sloppy. Mm-hmm. I don't when remember. I get sloppy, I'm not paying attention. So, mm-hmm. and for me, I love to do it, but it's it's also the competition, the ability <laughs> to compete. And a lot of times I'm competing with myself. Mm-hmm. You're always competing with yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's like an internal battle going on, even though I'm playing music for people. But I have to do something different so I can stay attentive. Mm-hmm. And why I won't get bored. But I also think that like you can't like you, every crowd, even though even though I can say every crowd is exactly the same. Uh, so I also feel like every crowd is different, you know, oh, and so you are. don't want and you don't want to like like I always try to choose like I always choose one person that's not the client. That's like my muse. And I'm just DJing to them all night long. They don't know it. They don't know mm-hmm. that I'm doing this to them. But I'm basically ch- I chose that person. And everything I'm doing is to make that person happy. Is that, do you guys ever do? Can I, can I ask you a question? Did you DJ online at all during the pandemic? I didn't. I couldn't. Okay, I didn't so understand it. That's what I'm saying. Another thing you could learn. So I would pick one person that commented and I would DJ to that person the whole time I was doing the show. Or if we were on a Zoom and they, I could see all the people, I would pick one person that looked like they were having the most fun, call their name. And they were they were lost for the rest of the night because you know in a party you can't read people's names. So, like I say, if you you could get stuff out of the pandemic to help you, and that, I mean it helped me to focus. Okay, like you say, finding that one person. Okay, I'm gonna mm-hmm. say to you all night, and if you cool off, let me find you know you. Mm-hmm. But I, I I do that too. You know, you find somebody in the room. Okay, this person's having a good time, and I'm just gonna ride them until the wave is gone. And, and when I see another one come out there, I'll ride that wave. And, you know, who's going to be my party leader for the night? See, I actually choose that one person. Then if they try to leave the dance floor, I'm like, no, no, you're not. And I like, then it, then it becomes the challenge to get them to come back out. Like I'm, it's, 
But that I mean you have to play games, which is is that little man? Do you want to get up here? He's naked. No, oh, we don't. No, 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 no. Don't, don't do it to us. <laughs> don't. He's got underwear on. He's, oh, okay. uh, I thought he was streaking. Yeah. <laughs> streaking through, through the quad. Yeah, through the quad. <laughs> Little nine-year-old butt. <laughs> remember the oh, remember the 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 family circus uh in the newspaper comics, uh-huh. like the family circus, there yeah, was like the yeah. not me, the little naked oh, kid yeah. with the butt that said not me on it. <laughs> oh boy. It's my son. He's not me. Not me. Not me. Not me. So I do have a question that uh, I didn't put up here. How do you feel? You know how some people, when it comes to typically, you know, having a job, so many of us work jobs that we hate. Mm-hmm. And we do it solely because of the money. And, you know, it's solely about the bills. Do, how do you see when you see DJs that you feel like may be in that same scenario? How do you feel about that? Like they have a day job or they hate DJing? No, they hate DJing and they just do it oh. for money. Oh, I have a lot of thoughts on that. <laughs> oh, okay. Please share. Well, because I think, I mean, I think we touched on a little bit earlier on. I think, I think some people, well, for, I mean, I, I myself dealt with it. I mean, you know, I got, I, not to say forced out, but I had my son and it really like, I kind of reestablished my, my priorities, I guess, so to speak. And, but I also couldn't DJ like I used to. I mean, I was doing 65 weddings a year, which I know isn't a ton, but it's not nothing. And, um, and I, that's what I was used to doing and to go from having that much like feedback, like positive feedback to none or very little. And when I was doing weddings, I was like, I'd rather be home with my, I don't know. It was like, it was a difficult time for me. And I wound up having sort of like a, like an identity crisis. Cause like I said earlier on, like I was, you know, DJ Mary Nisi and all of a sudden I had somebody else running my company and I wasn't DJing myself and I kind of lost like, a part. you know, a part yeah. of who I was. And I think that some people, especially if they've been doing it for 15, 20 years, you know, they don't know anything else and they've been doing it for themselves, most likely maybe having, a, you know, two or three subs here and there, but nothing that like was a lasting like business with a culture and payroll, <laughs> you know, like I think that if it's just you and you've been grinding for years, you don't know anything else and there's no, there's not like a DJ's union that like teaches us how to like, you know, like the end of, like the NFL has, you know, like mm-hmm. where they're, they perform, but they still have this union behind them that tells them how to use their money. So they don't just become, you know, uh, yes, the two. <laughs> yeah, they don't, they don't spend all their money when they're young and you know, then all of a sudden they have a car dealership, <laughs> uh, but um, it just seems like a lot of people in the NFL have car dealerships eventually. Yeah. Uh, but it's not like we have anybody out there like helping us figure out what what middle age looks like for us or what what retirement looks like. You know, especially when you're doing a job where you're getting six hundred dollars here or ten thousand dollars there, you're kind of cobbling it together, and maybe you're you've got you got some bad advice about how to do your taxes, or you you don't claim enough and you aren't able to establish like that that's this one of the things that really kind of bums me out about this industry is that I, I I feel like there's a it's becoming more 
unified. There's you know more conferences. There's more of a push to make them more professional and to treat it like it's a real business. Mm-hmm. Um, there is, a, I mean, especially since I've been in this industry, when I first started, it was, you know, a couple of companies, but mostly just a bunch of, you know, like, it's not like wedding DJs have like a really good reputation. It's not like it's known for being like a bunch of people that are like really established in their world and they're, you know, they're sweaty, you know, it's mustaches mm. and tuxedos. And, uh, and does this make sense? Am I making sense? Yeah, because it, so do you think it has changed? That's since- the thing is I think it is changing. I, I think people are staying in it longer than they, it's less seen as like a job you do for a couple of years until you figure your shit out. Like it's actually becoming like, you're able to make enough money doing this job where it can you can set yourself up as long as you're operating your business like you like it's a real business like you're not just uh you know getting paid in cash and not claiming it and you know trying to dodge your taxes because this is something i see with a lot of people that i've met is that they're unable to establish credit and um they're unable to like buy a house because they don't they can't show proof of income because they've been running a bunch of their income like they just they don't they don't claim it and when you don't claim that income you're not sh- you don't get the you know like the able yeah. to establish credit or even have you're you not know, even on the books anywhere the RS, yeah. you don't even know you exist you can't establish business yeah. you can't buy any equipment on credit if you do they're gonna yep. charge you 32 percent interest mm-hmm. oh yeah I, I get you yeah and so you know, like I, my DJs, I, we, my, so I had to, my DJs started out as 1099. I moved to W2 in 2017 mm-hmm. and that happened. I got audited a couple times and they weren't happy with the way I had my DJs classified. So I had to change, I didn't make them all W2, which was actually a really, it was great for me. Like I, I highly recommend if anybody can make this to make the jump, to make the jump. Um, and part of what I, one of my things I did for them was I set up a, a 401k because there's no retirement. <laughs> like there's like there's, and who knows where social security is going to be. So, you know, it's, it's, it was important to me to like, at, at least try to help them. So we may have to have that on another conference call. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I really want to look into that to figure out how we could do that and put them over there on the other side eventually. Cause are they full time? Which mm-hmm. are they W two? They just W two, but they're not full time. Exactly. Okay, so it's like a part time job, but you, they're yes. working. It's okay. All right, I, we can we can share the chat 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 about that. Yeah, it's a whole yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, and you know we're trying to avoid the man coming to look in our business too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and here's the thing: is that they, that's going to be changed. I mean, I like. I think that it's a matter of time before everybody the the man starts coming down on everybody about especially the 1099 versus W2ness of the whole thing. I think that's a ticking time bomb for the IRS especially. I just I mean I don't think they're going to come after a ton. There's not a ton of people making tons of money out on this on this business, but I do think that like there is enough and especially after like 2020 when they allowed a lot of people that were 1099s to get unemployment. Now they've got a database of every 1099 person in the country that got unemployment and they're going to probably want to know if those people were categorizing themselves correctly. I don't know. I don't, I don't want to be like a naysayer and end this thing on a low note, but I'm just saying. No, that no, like, no. I mean, that's good information because we all need to start looking at that. Mm-hmm. And if it's better to do it that way instead of the other way, of course you want to know the best way to run your business and what's going to help you the most. Well, and in many ways it's better to beg forgiveness than, you know, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I feel like I have been on the wrong side of so much of this shit. You know, like, I, yeah, I mean, I've been sued. I've gotten audited. I mean, I've, I feel like I've been through like everything, like all the seven plagues of being of a, being a business owner. Oh my gosh. So um, 
Yeah, let, let's not take it out on a bad note. Yeah. But my point is, is that I have been through a lot, but I'm but I'm kicking, you know, like I'm mm. like I I feel like I have turned a corner in the last like two months. And I really feel like, you know, I feel like I feel like the pandemic is away from me. Like I'm right. so how can they find Mary if they want to reach out to Mary Tulsa Jam to about the Toast Lab or how can they find you? They can get me at Toast and Jam DJs on all the socials and all the places and then a Mary and Easy production or uh, you can get me on my podcast, which is called All Up In My Lady Business. It has nothing mm. to do with DJing. I saw it today. And I said, I'm going to have to listen to it on my walk tomorrow. Yeah. 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 Start That's at the beginning. Right. It'll make more sense. <laughs> oh, you mean the first the episode? How many episodes in are you? Uh, We've got three seasons, so probably like 40 episodes. Oh, my wow. God. Yeah, I have enough walk in that. Yeah. Well, yeah. Mary, it but, has been a pleasure. I hope we, I hate we had a mix up the first time. But it's it, okay. No, it's it we're here worth now. the wait to uh, have you in. Uh, are you going to be in any conferences? You're speaking anywhere, doing anything? I will be in Midwest. I'm not speaking. I don't think I'm speaking at Midwest. And I will probably be at, Mar I'll be at Marquee. And I then I'll see you at Marquee. And then I'll also be at the DJ Collective. Okay. In, what about the uh, uh, so, uh, Harvest of Sound? I am hoping to be there. That was something yeah. that I I didn't know about that till last year. And I know uh, they just did the, that was like the second one. They did the first one kind of like for Shani's birthday or so. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm -hmm. And then I there, I might be in in Atlantic City. I haven't I haven't figured that out yet. Yeah, somebody talked to me about that one the other yesterday last night. I talked to Kevin and another guy out of Pittsburgh. They want so we're hoping to be at Harvest doing a podcast with everybody don't the speaking everybody in the building and. Uh, Tyler is like telling me and Mike that we can interview everybody and run like all the interviews for the whole show. So that could be fun. That could be really fun. You can sit down and really go. I know. Like on just... somebody, somebody else's channel. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, we're gonna get you unplugged. <laughs> unplugged. <laughs> Mary, I don't know. Unplugged. Ha haven't I shown you that being plugged in and unplugged, you're probably gonna get the exact same thing out of yeah, we, we, but it might even be a little different up close and personal. You might really let your hair down. There. Yeah, might not work. Might not put on makeup. You're like, okay. you're like, you've got makeup on. Yeah. Why? <sighs> no, nah, we just keep it. But man, it was great. Uh, I always enjoy listening to you. It was fun. The two times I've heard you speak, and when I saw you uh, on the multi-op thing, that was really cool. And uh, you're just dropping knowledge, and I'm glad to see a female boss out there doing her thing and not letting that your female stop you or hold you back or let anybody uh, keep you in a box and you, now I'm creating my own damn box. I'm going to get like married now. My box. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I, I just, the thing is like, I mean, I, I clearly, I truly, there was nothing else for me to, like, if I didn't make it in this job, I don't know what I'd be doing. So I wasn't going to let anybody else like tell me I couldn't do it or make me feel like I wasn't welcome because I didn't really have any other options. All right. Yeah. Well, I do. Go ahead, Mike. I do like the way that you look at it and how. Um, how but there's a robot it. situation happening. Yeah, he was yeah. a little froze over there. You little froze, Mike. Move or something. Oh, am I, am I <coughs> no, you stuck. You see? Yeah, you're a robot. I'm a robot. Yeah, you. Yeah, now you came back a little bit. Let's see. Okay. Um, I say I love what you. You. Uh, yeah, type it out. But yeah, yeah. All right. He said, I guess he loves the way you do your thing. Now you're back. I think you're back now. Go ahead. There you are. Emma? Yeah. 
Okay. No, I was just saying I love the way that you don't allow the industry to really just tear you down. And and how you stay, you know, you stay plugged into what you want to do and how you want to do it and you just keep pushing. Thank um, you. Yeah. I I yeah. am glad that somebody noticed. <laughs> yeah. And right oh, back at you guys. Yeah, I love that because I think that that doesn't allow things to tear you down and that allows you to keep moving. Uh, because the only way you're going to change the narrative, you have to continue to fight. Yeah. You know, so I love that. And, and, and thank you again. Yeah. Thank you guys. I really appreciate you having me on. All right. Oh, we'll see you somewhere fun. down the road. All right. Do I just. Oh, we're going to, we got an outro. Okay. All right, we so got an outro. All right. Hey.